A scripture reading today is from the New Testament, from the letter to the Colossians, the third chapter, and we begin with um, the 14th verse. Listen, my friends, for the word of the Lord. Paul writes, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we are so excited to begin this new worship series, Plug In to the Source. And today we talk about powering up through worship. In what ways does worship help us power up our lives? What happens to us when we consistently center our lives in worshiping together? How does worship help us tap into a power that can help us live our daily lives as faithful and fulfilled people as disciples of Jesus Christ? Worship. We worship in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of places. I've worshipped with seven people, and I've worshipped with thousands of people. I've worshipped in a little windowless 1,200-square-foot warehouse, and I've worshipped in sanctuaries with a soaring ceiling six stories tall. My earliest worship experiences were formed in a little church made out of stone that my preacher grandfather and the men of the church built. It was there I was baptized. It was there where a lot of things that are still important to me happened. Worship in that place was special. A lot of funny things happen to us when we worship. I've been in worship services where the display on the altar burst into flames. I've been in the middle of a worship service when a kid in the nursery pulled the fire alarm. I've been in worship service where a kid got loose out in the congregation and wandered all the way up and climbed the stairs to the chancel and held their foot up for me to tie their shoe. Funny things happen in worship. I've had a man in my congregation be so angry with me that during worship, he would sit right in front of the pulpit where I couldn't miss him, and he would participate fully in the service. He would sing, he'd do the response, he'd say the affirmation of faith, but it was time for the sermon, he would pull out a book, and he would hold it in front of his face like this, and read it for the duration of the service. I found that funny, and I loved irritating him by asking him as he went out every Sunday, How's that book going? Do you like that story? Funny things happen in worship. I've even worshiped outdoors. You probably have too. I remember years ago, 
our church owned some property where we were going to build in the future. And to maintain the tax status of the property, you had to have one religious service a year on that property. And so we would have our Easter sunrise service there. We built a big wooden cross to be the focal point and people would walk out through the property and gather in the center of it and we would have this wonderful service together. Well, we were finished and we had had communion and so I was scattering the bread for the birds and I took the chalice and was pouring it out at the foot of the cross as I was talking to one of the members of the band who had supplied the music. All of a sudden I realized I was talking to myself and looked around and I saw a very hefty guy with a guitar running as fast as he could to get off the property. I didn't know what was going on. When I made it back to our current location where we were worshiping, I asked him, Ken, what is the matter? What happened to you? He said, Barry, I grew up a Catholic altar boy in New Orleans. When you started pouring the blood of Jesus out on the ground, I wanted out of the range of the lightning bolts that was going to get you. But I've also seen some powerful and beautiful things happen in worship. I've seen people's lives touched and changed by God in those moments when we were together. I've seen lonely people find that they were accepted and loved by God and find a place in the family of that community of faith. I've seen the brokenhearted be comforted and the discouraged inspired. I've seen those who didn't know how they could go one more day find the strength to carry on in that time of worship with their family and friends. In these four verses from Colossians, if you do a Google search for verses about worship, these aren't probably going to pop up. But I think they're one of the best passages of Scripture in describing the power that worship has, in describing what happens to us and in us when we gather together and worship. It's a description of worship. Did you catch the beauty of the words used to describe worshiping together? Words like love, harmony, peace, thankfulness. These are the words that describe worship. It all begins, Paul writes, with love. Henry Ward Beecher wrote, I never knew how to worship until I knew how to love. Love is at the heart of worship because, as verse 14 tells us, love binds everything together in perfect harmony. The scholar Andrew Lincoln says, love is the binding agent of the church. It's the superglue of church unity. When we truly worship God, when we truly love one another, then the peace of Christ, as Paul writes, really can rule in our hearts. 
because we are called together in worship into one body. And that body, the body of Christ, is characterized by love and by peace. I don't have to tell you that we live in a time of stark lines and deep divisions in our society, in our culture, and even in the church with a capital C. Whether from the right or the left, people tend to gather around issues and find people who affirm their opinions and create enemies out of anyone who does not. But the truth be told, in the church, in the worshiping community, in the body of Christ, there shouldn't be any issues. We don't have issues. We have people. Children of God. Beloved children of God. The only issue for the church is how to be Christ to one another. How to bring God's love to others. How to bring God's grace to others. How to bring God's healing into the lives of others. When we truly worship together, when we truly focus on God's great love and forgiveness offered to us in Jesus Christ, it's hard to look at another person as an issue. <laughs> when we look at each other, we see ourselves. We see a beloved child of God. And Paul then makes a simple statement, and be thankful. That's at the heart of the power of worship. Worship has power in our life because when we give thanks to God, when we respond to God's love and forgiveness offered to us, it pulls us out of our self-centeredness and our self-righteousness and our judgmentalism toward other people and focuses our lives on God and focuses our hearts on the world God loves so much. In the next verses of that passage, we see what we do in worship. And it's the same thing they did all those years ago among the Colossian disciples. We still do the same things. We focus on the gospel. We focus on the word of Christ. And when we open our hearts to the gospel, to the good news of what God has done for us in Jesus, the gospel, as Paul says, dwells in us richly. It becomes a part of who we are. We become a part of what the gospel is. In our worship, in our praise, in our teaching, in our preaching, we don't seek just to be informed. We are formed by the gospel. Jesus comes to live in us and work in us and change us for good. We're formed by the songs that we sing and offer to God as a response to God's love 
and grace. We praise because we need to praise. We worship because we need to worship. We need to acknowledge our dependence on God and our dependence on God's extravagant love offered to us. Paul closes this word on worship with the admonition to do all we do in the name of the Lord Jesus. We can plug into the source of power each time we gather to worship. We bring our lives to worship, whether we're in a good spot or a tough spot. We bring our faith, we bring our doubt, we bring the best of ourselves, and we bring the worst of ourselves. And here, together in worship, God meets us in a powerful way. We're powered up through worship to be able to see ourselves differently and to see each other differently. We begin to see as God sees. We power up in the love that binds us together and we find peace in the most unpeaceful of times. We power up through gratitude by letting God pull us out of our self-centeredness and opening us to all that God has for us. When we plug into worship, we are formed by the gospel into people who look like and act like and live like Jesus. In all these ways, Worship is a source of power for our day-to-day living. What a gift worship is. I realize I'm kind of an odd character. Uh, Some of you would say that's the understatement of the year. I'm an odd character when it comes to worship. I'm the teenager that the pastor of my church said uh, to me with a smile one day, Mary, you've got to quit hanging out at the church all the time. You've got to get a life. You're 15. Worship, church. That's where I want to be. On the list of things I could be doing, I'll always pick worship. Because it's in these moments, it's in this time, when we are together, that I feel plugged into the source of love and grace and power. I hope you do too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.